to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Hello all and welcome to another Flying Solo Podcast. Now, before we get started, there's something that I really, really need to tell you. You'll have heard me mention our Work Your Way course. As one soloist told me recently, it's become her go-to when she needs a bit of guidance over 80 bite-sized videos, exercises, and worksheets. Nice. Well, look, here's the thing. All of that wonderfulness is now bundled into our premium membership. So you'll get all those learning tools and heaps of promo benefits product discounts, and a copy of our best-selling book for just $99. If you're starting, growing, or re-energizing a solo business, it's a steal. And what's more, it's covered by a money-back guarantee. So head to our join page to find out more. Now look, today I'm delighted to be speaking to Jordan Durbano, and we're going to pull apart this whole kind of topic of using the phone to sell. So Jordan, hello, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Robert. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, look, so here we are, more or less kind of talking on the phone, but um, <laughs> it seems that, uh, I don't know, is it, what's, the, what's the place for the phone these days when we've got so much kind of communication that we can and do do through social media? It, where, do, where does the phone sit? Where should it sit in terms of a, of a contact medium for us, do you think? Well, I think... Um for any small business that doesn't have a huge budget for social media or your banner ads um, or your Google AdWords, I think the phone is a necessity because Hmm. quite often at the start, I I think you'd know uh, better than anyone, Robert, that the only way someone is going to know about us in the first couple months of our business is for us to pick up the phone and literally tell people that we even exist. Now, I think um, for startup businesses, particularly solopreneurs, because the market's so saturated for your coaches and your trainers, it's essential that before we look to social media, it's so important we pick up the phone because that's the quickest way people are going to find out about us. And that's how we're also going to get market feedback on where we sit too. Mm. So. But look, isn't it, I mean, just hearing you say that, and I'm, I'm you know, quite used to the phone, and I'm very old school, so, you know, it, it's, I've, I've been around for, you know, using phones for a number of years. Yeah. But, you know, it, just hearing you say it, it sounds, you know, for a startup, for somebody who perhaps doesn't have the kind of confidence that, you know, that you may have or hasn't learned the skills that you sort of teach, just that action of picking up a phone and calling someone you don't know it's pretty goddamn terrifying, isn't it? Oh, 100%. I agree. Um, and this is where I start to talk about that sales runs a lot deeper than just picking up the phone. Mm. Really what we're doing, Robert, every time we pick up the phone, we're actually telling someone how much we think we're worth. So entrepreneurs, they spend hours. They put their heart and soul into their programs, their products, their services. And when it comes to the phone, we're not making it about our product or our business. We're actually thinking about, oh, no, I have to deliver this message. So Mm. the question is, are we terrified of selling our business or are we terrified of selling ourselves? Mm. Now, 
that's a different conversation. And this is where I say to people, you need to make sales about you because every time you pick up the phone, if I ask you about your business, you'll talk. If I ask you about yourself, <laughs> you we learn. don't fall silent. <laughs> mm. That's an interesting, that, that's, that's a very good point is to, is to create that kind of distinction between the two. Do you think that, you know, before we, we might, you know, we might start to look at, at, at some of the tips that I know you've got as to how we, we do just, um, you know, do this effectively and do it with confidence. But do you think that this, this sort of growing um, uh, expanse of these sort of spammy phone calls, you know, the ones that we get from all over the world, yeah. is that having a, a detrimental effect on how we perceive the phone as a sort of sales tool? Yes. So uh, a lot of my clients will come to me and say, I don't want to be the person that picks up the phone and spams everyone. Mm. Um, I don't want to be the pushy salesperson. And I think we only have that perception because people have just been untrained for so long. Uh, so moving forward with the phone, it's more important than ever that we get comfortable selling ourselves first yeah. so that people can trust us. Yeah, okay. The problem is that so many spammers are selling a product before they're selling themselves. And, you know, I don't trust the seller. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't matter whether you are selling me a Ferrari or, you know, Elon Musk's greatest and newest best product. Mm. I don't trust you yet. So I'm not going to even believe what you're telling me. Yeah, that's a very good point. And I guess, you know, so many of those sort of calls, they start, as you say, going directly into products, whether it's, yep. you know, can I speak to the computer owner of the household, please? Which yeah. seems to be a fairly standard line. Okay, <laughs> so look, we've, we've, you know, we talk here about some of the issues. So I guess what we need to move to then is, okay, so let's say that you're, we're in a business and whether it's startup or indeed, I still think this is an issue for a number of businesses that have quite possibly been going for you know years mm. is is what, what i see is that there is uh, not only a kind of underutilization of the phone but there is there's such an opportunity to stand out by using it because just so few people do so should we take an example what you know you mentioned a, a personal trainer so um how do where would you start with somebody who's saying okay Jordan, here I am. I've got a personal training business. My phone's not ringing or my email's not pinging. You know, I need to get going with something. Where, where do we start? Where, where would that person start? Yeah, so I think the most important thing to start with is your avatar. So this is no different to marketing when we'll think about campaigns. Mm. We want to know who we're calling. So if it's going to be a mother who is 35, um, works full-time, we want to know when are they most likely going to pick up the phone because, Robert, there's no point calling them at 1 if they're going to be at a lunch break with friends or at 6 p.m. when they're cooking dinner. Maybe yep. it's best to call throughout mid-morning. So then you've got a better understanding of when you're going to get their attention. Yeah, okay. I'm Next. just going to stop you there right, just for a second. Yeah. You use the word avatar in this context. Can you just explain yeah. what you mean by that? So avatar being the specific person, their traits and their behaviors um, in one profile. And, and we want to get that so clear in our mind so that when we call, we're imagining this person in our mind already. And oh, okay. usually, usually most of the time when we've got that profile so spot on, we tend to pick up the phone with the right people. Got you. Okay. All right. Lovely thought. All right. So we've got this avatar. We've built this sort of profile 
of in this scenario this uh the woman that we're going to ring and i'll ask you in a minute where do we get her number but we'll come to come back there in a sec yeah, yeah. but so we've got this person clearly in our mind we've taken um, you know, a little bit of a pause to figure, okay, when's the best time? It might be this person has a young child, so maybe the best time isn't at about 4.30 or 5 in the afternoon. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, when is the best time? So we're thinking about it. Where, where to next? So once we've got that avatar, now we need to get the phone number. So okay. it could be as simple as you call up people you know to get a referral. So one mm -hmm. business development strategy that I'm a big fan of in any sales role I had or in my business I'd call my power base and I wouldn't sell to my, so power base, I probably should explain that first. Sure. It's everyone that I know, my friends, my family, past colleagues, acquaintances, people I went to school with, just touching base with them and letting them know, hey, this is what I'm up to. Right. Now, if they engage in a conversation with me, this is what I ask. Hey, who do you know that's X, Y, and Z? X, Y, and Z's my avatar. Right. Now, when that happens, I tell them, well, look, this is what I'm doing. This is how it's going to help them. Would it be okay if I have their number? I explain the process that I'm going to take them through because so many people feel uncomfortable giving referrals because they mm, don't want They don't know what's going to happen. Exactly right. Yeah. So I tell them the process. Usually what happens, they give me the number because they feel comfortable because they trust that I'm going to be ethical with them. Mm -hmm. And then I'll start that way. Another quick way is you can just go to networking events that you think they're going to be at um, or possibly if they're running a business, you jump on their websites. Yeah, okay. I'm just going to stop you there again for a second because I think these are, these are really good points. I mean, just, I just want to kind of drive a couple of them home, to, particularly to people that just haven't done this that might be sitting there you know, not feeling confident and already, already kind of reeling with the shock. What, I have to ring people up and ask them to give me numbers? You know, <laughs> the thing is, this is not, this might sound in this day and age like a, a difficult step or a very forward step, but it really isn't, is it? This is, what we're doing is what you said, a very important point, is you're ringing people that are already in your network. So people that know Jordan, people that know and trust you, and you're ringing yes. them and you're saying, hey, or using the scenario of the personal trainer, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm looking to grow my business. I ideally want to talk to this profile of person. Uh, I've got services that I'd like to talk to them about. If you know anybody who fits that bill, please, you know, can you share their number with me? And this is, this is how I'll use it. None of that's unreasonable. I mean, it sounds forward, but then kind of that's what marketing and sales needs to be, doesn't it, to be successful. 100% mm. and this is where I bring it back if you can't call people that you know um, and that actually like you and already have a relationship it's I, I'm gonna ask the question not about your product about you what how confident are you about yourself and what you have to bring to your business to actually deliver that message because once you get mm. sold on yourself you will call whoever and sell um, the best product in the world, and even the worst product in the world. Yeah, I, I, I remember years, year, well, a long time ago, when my son was at um, primary school at the end of our road, and I at that time was was building my coaching business, and something happened where I suddenly got a kind of a rush of confidence. I think it was when I'd done a, just started working, working with a few people, going really well, and I yep. remember distinctly going to the school sort of drop off one morning, and I was able to speak so easily 
to mm. other sort of parents that I knew and saying, oh, this is what I'm doing. I was so excited about it. Do you know yeah. anyone else? And I, uh, that's where it started. You know, the referrals kind wow. of started immediately there. But it's that boost of confidence we have to have, isn't it? So let's, yes. let's imagine we've done this bit then. We've, we've built this avatar profile of the person. We're speaking to people who know us well, asking them to support us. Now where? Now, so I'm assuming we get the business cards, we get numbers. It's time to pick up the phone. So the way I always approach a cold call is I go in with the mindset, I am a Facebook ad over the phone. I'm putting an ad in front of people and I'm seeing if it grabs their attention. I'm not trying to sell them on the first call. Okay. This is this just takes the pressure off. As soon as you think, I don't need to sell them on the first call, it eases not mm. only your mind, but it eases their mind. So mm. I'll pick up the phone, I'll literally tell people who I am, and then I will say what we have in common. So again, if you've got a number off a referral or, or a friend of yours, the way you open the call is where you got the number and where you um, why you're actually calling. It's that simple. If you don't know the person, tell them, hey, my name's Jordan DeBarno, human behavior expert. You don't know me. I don't know you. The amount of times I've used that line, Robert, just telling <laughs> them <laughs> just telling them the truth, yeah. they laugh because they know it's true. So mm. um, my number one tip for cold calling and opening a cold call is just be honest. Yeah. If it's awkward, just say, look, I know this might be a bit awkward because I'm calling you in the middle of the day. However, this yeah. is the reason. People that- will listen. Yeah, and that's even that it's this is a bit awkward. Um, that's quite a nice line because it, it's just acknowledging how it does feel, <laughs> how it feels yep. for you, and how it feels for them. So, and I also like the way that you're saying you you know one of your first openings is you know I'm Jordan Dubano. I got your number from Steve, who's a mutual friend. La 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 la. And you know this is a bit awkward. Nice sort of intro. So, uh, I also like the way that you're saying then it's not selling and yet you do say it's like a facebook ad so i'm intrigued what what where do we what is it then if it isn't a if if it isn't an ad well it's it's a time to qualify prospects and also for them to qualify you so that i usually put together a about a five uh step touch point process for cold calls so we'll do something with a greeting hi my name's jordan debano um i never say how are you uh, for people that try and build rapport at the start of a call, please don't do that because right. you, they too don't early. know you. <laughs> it's right. too early. The next thing we want to do is we want to find a mutual commonality statement. And all that is acknowledging what's there in the first five seconds of your call. Hmm. I got your number from XYZ. This is awkward. You don't know me. I don't know you. Just acknowledge it. It right. puts it at ease. The hmm. next thing, you want to have your reason. What, do you, what are you actually bringing to the table? What are you trying to show them? I tell people, hey, I'm trying to see if I can help you with what I've got. Hmm. Again, honest honest and straightforward. Honest, transparent. Hmm. But then I flip it and I say, but I don't know you at all, so I'd love to learn more about who you are and introduce you to my company. And what that does, Robert, it's a conversation to see if it's even worth going to the next step. Hmm. At any moment in sales roles that I've had, I would probably make about 70 to 80 calls a day. You'd be surprised, probably about eight to 10 conversations would come out of that and you'd book three sales appointments. Right, okay. So that in that sort of um, invitation to for them to speak, 
What yes. when you've done that, do you then go quiet? Do you sit with silence for a little bit? Yeah, so I will let them open up if they're a very um, confident, uh, kind of dominant person. I will let them go because usually they're just going to tell me who they are. If they're a bit closed off, I'll just ask them. So um, tell me about your work at the moment. Uh, what are your goals? What are your challenges? Um, have you ever done sales training or mindset work before? Those are usually the four things that I'll ask. And yeah. then I will be constantly thinking, can I help them? Are mm. they suited? Do they sound interested? Mm. And the key is every time I get an answer, I'm looking to also seed in what I do. So this is a big mistake that sales reps make. They will make a pitch, tell them about, um, tell the prospect about their business, ask a question, tell the prospect about their business, ask a question. And it's very robotic. Mm. What I like to do is just, yeah, I I like to weave in what I'm doing. So if someone says, you know, I'm really struggling with, um, you know, cold calling. Right. I'll turn around and say, hey, look, it's completely normal. I see that on a day-to-day basis with my clients. Mm. So I'm not telling them exactly what I do, but I'm kind of telling them what I do in a very soft way. Yeah, okay. And tell me, just backtrack a little bit. When you yeah. go into this call, do you have a very clear goal in mind? Do you know what outcome you want from this call? Absolutely. Mm. And I'm really glad you brought that up. I am aiming to either say we're going to touch base in a couple of months or we're going to book in an appointment. Um, okay. it, it is as simple as that. Most sales reps, most business owners are calling for the sake of calling. There must be an outcome in your mind to lead them through the journey. Otherwise, the conversation goes stale. Yeah, okay. And presumably that outcome may be nothing more than um, building a rapport and getting to a point of permission to communicate more in whatever shape or form that might be. That's exactly right. But what you're not saying is that the outcome necessarily needs to be a hard and fast sale. No. No, unrealistic. Okay. So you could close on an appointment. You could close on a call in a month's time. You could close on a sale if you wanted to. You could even close on them getting onto your database. Mm. It's really up to you. Okay, nice. All right. So I've got that. We've got the greeting. We're looking for some kind of common ground, uh, a nice way. And it's so interesting when you're talking about that thing of, you know, don't open with, are you having a nice day? That is so commonly what you guess. And yeah. I'm thinking, why should I tell you what my day's going like? Yeah. I, don't, I don't, know, don't know you from a bar of soap. And, you know, it's like my, my immediate reaction is, well, it was going fine until I picked the phone up. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so mutual commonality, the reason for the call, invite for them to start, for the, for the person on the other end to kind of open up a little. And then what you're saying is that creates hopefully some some dialogue, a bit of rapport where you can you can be more inquisitive about, you know, what is it? Are you able to su- support? So it sounds to me like you're uh, getting to know them and you're also, you're kind of surveying them. Is this someone that's that's likely to be a potential client for me or a potential referral or whatever? So you're clearly doing a lot of thinking while you're talking. So where next? You, do, do you then, I mean, do you, do you try and keep people on the phone as long as you can to build a rapport or do you kind of get to a position, get to your goal and then close? Yeah. So it's going to vary. A lot of sales managers will say, keep the prospect on the phone for a very long time because (laughs) it 
increases the chance of a sale. I think that is ludicrous because yeah, some people do not so. have the time. Um, as soon as I've got enough information, I stop because, you know, for someone who's a very dominant, fast-moving person, five minutes might be enough. Mm. And I'll just say, great, I've got enough here. This is what I've heard. Let's move to the next step. If it's someone who's a little bit more closed off, I'll take time because I know they're going to want to take time too. So I'm always thinking, how can I adapt to the other person on the other side of the phone and make them feel comfortable in taking the next step with me? Mm. Yeah, okay. Okay. Look, I like, I, I like all that. What, what about, um, well, perhaps I'm jumping ahead a bit too much, but you, know, you mentioned in, yeah. in the past you know, you've, you've been in positions where you've made sort of 70 or so calls a day. Now, the word that's always synonymous with cold calling is the word rejection. Oh, you know, yes. It's always talked about. So how do you handle that? Because it's not only a rejection at the, you know, at the end of a call or indeed a call that never starts, but mm. you can get little sort of hints of rejection. It's almost like we're looking for rejection. As a, but we surely need to flip that around as well, don't we? How, what, what's your take on all that? Well, first off, I like to look at what rejection is really meaning when it happens. Mm. Now, most people think it's a personal attack, and that's why I always say sales is about you, it's not about your product. All rejection is, people are just saying, I don't have the time, it's not something I value right now, or I'm just too busy and I, I, I can't think at the moment. That's, those are the, usually the three reasons I see if no one wants to talk to me. So I detach myself from my product and service and go, they're saying no to my business, not me. Mm. The minute I master that, I can turn on rejection and start to handle it. So if someone says, oh, Jordan, you've called me at a bad time. I just don't have the time to talk to you about personal training. I'm already okay. Okay, hey, hey, I, I agree. I've attached, I've detached myself from the product and I go, I understand. Would there be, would there be another time that I could call you back? I'd really love to get to know you. Or, oh, Jordan, I don't need personal training. Hey, I agree. Most of my best clients didn't think they'd need personal training. Mm. But how about just a five-minute conversation? All right. Okay. If you, can, if you can just detach yourself from your product and business and not get so emotionally involved, you can say those things. And people, straight away, they lower their resistance because they see, hey, he's not trying to sell me something. Mm. It seems to me then that, you know, and I remember years ago when, when I was doing some cold calling myself, and I remember one of the, one of the responses was when people say, you know, I'm busy, and, and I was always taught a great response is, oh, look, you know, aren't we all so busy? There's so much going on today, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you about how we can ease the way you feel about these things or what, I don't know what it was. Yeah. But so, but I used to have, and I was, I was taught to kind of have in front of me a list of and it was a short list, but a list of rejections and just some notes on the responses. Is that is? Do you do you sort of advocate that as well? I always like to note down what the common objections are because what that does it shows me what my customers buying objections will be when it comes to selling. Mm. So I tailor my marketing that way. So I, I always think it's really important to note that down just so you can prepare. Yeah, and I guess Lou, for, for someone who's been doing it um, as 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 long as you have, 
you know, it's probably water off a duck's back. You, you recognize the reason for the rejection immediately. It happened. But I think particularly for someone who's experimenting with it, just, just thinking, okay, there are, you know, there are three potential reasons why people are going to reject me. Let me just keep those in front of me and recognize them when they come up. You know, because what we don't want and what I've seen and heard so often is someone who says, right, this is it. This is the week I'm going to start cold calling. Tuesday morning, Monday morning, I'm going to make five calls. And then by 10 o'clock in the morning, they're a heap or lying on, you know, hiding under the desk. Yes, you know, yes, we, yes. We somehow, if we're going to do this, we need to kind of brush ourselves off, get up and do it again. So yeah. how do we do that? How do we maintain the kind of energy when we are getting these kind of rejections. Do you have any particular thoughts there? I've got a particular way of doing this and uh -huh. it's very, very effective. Um, when I started in sales a while back, and particularly with my first ever business at 18, um, I used to use every rejection to my advantage. Now, I know that sounds a bit counterintuitive. Mm. I would write down the three most important things in my life and what drove me to start my business. So it might have been a contribution to families because I used to run a sports coaching business many years back, mm -hmm. uh, financial freedom, and I think the third one was better coaching skills because I was just I still coach today just in a different form. Right. Every time I got a rejection, I would think how – is this rejection helping me achieve these three things in my business? Mm, that's pretty good. Now, what started to happen, I realized with every rejection, I was getting, I was becoming a better communicator. That's number one, because it, it kind of clicked. I thought if people were just welcoming, saying, oh, great, Jordan, I've been waiting for your call. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you wish. I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to become a great coach. I'm mm. not going to become a great business owner. I'm not going to get tough enough. So I used to write that down. Um, financial freedom. I thought, well, before I get into the sales appointment, before I even deserve to be there with the customer, I've got to get good at getting past gatekeepers. I've got to get good at, um, you know, building rapport with people. So I'd write that down. And what happened, Robert, every time I got rejected, I'm like, let's go again. Let's, I, I know I'm getting better every time. That mindset, it helped me build my businesses when there was no leads in the sales jobs I was in. I would be the last, the first and the last one in the database um, because I knew, hey, it's, I'm lifting weights right now and in a couple months, I'm mm -hmm. going to be incredibly tough to, to knock back on the phones. Yeah, look, it's a great point. You know, it's that, um, it, it's, it's the kind of the muscle of cold calling. It's, it needs flexing, it needs training and um, I think I think again that's that's a great point to have that. What do you tell me? What do you think of um, you know what I see is a, is a uh, a growing use of kind of third parties, other people to make your calls for you. Um, what's what's your take on that? I mean, particularly from the, the you know the position of a solo business owner. Look, I personally, from a solopreneur point of view, I'm not a fan, and and the reason why is. I believe every founder, every business owner should be the best salesperson because it's your product, it's your business, like that, it's your vision. For a company that scales really quick and builds a sales team, look, no issues, yeah. but I would still be bringing up the question, do they really care about the vision as much as you do? Mm. If they don't, it's going to be very hard to number one, bring ethical sales on board 
continue to have meaningful conversations that uh, put your brand out there. And number three, feel confident that, you know, all the marketing spend that you put into your business is actually going to work. Yeah, okay. Okay, no, I think that's a good response. And, you know, I, I have to say I do agree with that. I think in some businesses it it, um, it can suit to outsource some of that. But in most cases, I, I think it doesn't. And tell me, just going back to another point you mentioned earlier about um, when we were looking at where to kind of get phone numbers and you were talking about going to networking events and, you know, I, I, that's a whole other story. But, I, I, again, I think there's there's a danger that as, as small businesses we're missing the beauty of networking events sometimes because we're spending so much time in our online communities. Yes. But that's a whole other story. But let's imagine you're at a networking event and you've met a couple of people and you've got a couple of business cards. Do you then, when you're in that sort of dialogue where you're exchanging business cards, do you introduce the fact that, hey, can I give you a call later this week? Or do you just kind of not worry about that, take the card and make the call? What's your what's your strategy there? I believe in transparency in sales, Robert. So I always tell people what I'm actually doing when I'm at a networking event because most business owners won't admit it. But when they go to a networking event, they're there to sell their business. Mm. So I tell people, they go, oh, what are you doing here tonight? I'm here to find clients. And some people go, oh, wow, he's being really honest about that. Mm. And I'm very, very warm about it. And I've actually said to some people, oh, you look a little bit uh, shocked. And they go, well, no one says that. And I said, well, say you became, we got into a sales call. I want you to know that that's why I'm here. So I'm just putting out my cards. Right. When it comes to calling people, I'm not a fan of springing a call on them because that has broken the trust that I've built at the networking event. Mm. So my answer to that would be if you're going to call people or if you're going to get business cards to call, tell people why you're at the networking event as soon as you meet them. Yeah, okay. That's an interesting approach. And, and again, I, you know, I'd agree with you that that is a, a lot of the reason people go to networking events, whether they actually kind of uh, acknowledge that themselves fully or not um, and I think it's an interesting position to be as sort of overt and upfront about it as you are and clearly you're someone who's very confident at that um, but I think this for for a number of people listening might be a you know a kind of a gradual step yeah but you and know, one, thing, one thing I just want to say Robert mm. I wasn't always this confident right. it took a long time mm. and I just want to say to everyone who's listening to this when I started um, my first sales call my first ever time I picked up the phone, I'll never forget it. The person on the other side said, hello, I was silent, I'm panting, sweating, I'm going, oh my God, I don't know what to say. And she said, hello, is anyone there? I go, yeah. She goes, what do you want? And I just hung up the phone. So guys, right. it took a long time. It, it yeah. took a good five, six years to really master and I'm still learning. Hey, yeah. I'm sales is forever so look i think thank you and, and again i just think that the it's funny with um with so much kind of uh, social media social networking the word sales i don't think is seen around as much as it as it uh, should be i think it's i think it's important that we uh, particularly as solo businesses that we do acknowledge you know there are times when we need to sell and yes. there's you know we can pick up and nothing that you've said today with no disrespect to anything you've said today this isn't rocket science. This is stuff no. that you know. This is stuff that we can do. I just think it's we need to be brave and we need to give it a go. Now, look, um, 
Jordan, thank you so much for spending your time with us. I know if we want to find out more of you, there's lots of articles that you've written, content that you produce. You've got a tips guide as well, I know, that people can download. They head to Jordan Durbano, that's D-U-R-B-A-N-O, jordandurbano.com. So, look, thank you so much for uh, spending your time with us today. Thanks, Robert, and for everyone out there, keep picking up the phone and selling you, not your business. Sell Great. you and you'll win. Fantastic. And look, before I go, don't forget that when it comes to creating a truly lovable business, we get you. Flying Solo Premium Membership has all the tips and tools you'll need for just $99, and now it includes full access to our Work Your Way course. Head to our join page to learn more. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au.